This is the Biblical Unitarian Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Biblical Unitarian Podcast, the podcast that aims to start conversations about the oneness and unity of God and about the humanity of Jesus. My name is Dustin Smith, and as always, I will be your host. I appreciate you so much for tuning into this week's episode, which is episode 268, entitled Ezekiel's Messianic Shepherd King. Yes, we're continuing to work through the passages of the Hebrew Bible that help to shape the expectation of the Jewish Messiah, about the roles that the Jewish Messiah would actually possess. And of course, we're deeply interested in the way that the Jewish Messiah relates to Yahweh, the God of Israel. Now, before we get into this week's episode, I have a very special announcement. I will be participating in an upcoming debate on whether the Bible teaches that Jesus is Yahweh. Of course, I'm taking the negative response to that. Jesus is not Yahweh. But this debate is going to be a live debate that you can watch and actually participate in through the audience Q&A. It will be held on April 2nd, 2023 at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. This is going to be a two-on-two debate, meaning I'm going to have a partner, a debate partner. My debate partner will be Pastor William Barlow. And so if you'd like to participate or watch this debate, you can check out the link in the show notes of this particular episode, or you can go onto the Gospel Truths YouTube page, and you'll find the link to the debate on the front page there. So hopefully you'll get to look forward and see that debate, and we'll be able to talk about the debate after it's done on our podcast here. So I am really looking forward to that. So let's jump into our passage for today. We're going to be looking at the Davidic shepherd king as he is expressed in Ezekiel 34. And we're also going to be exploring the ways in which this particular king shares in the divine prerogatives that belong to Yahweh, the God of Israel. Yes, we're going to note how a human king, that is the descendant of David, is going to do things that only God is supposed to do meaning God has shared his privileges and his prerogatives with another, namely with a human king. So here are some of the questions I would like to explore in this week's episode. First, in what ways does the prophet Ezekiel distinguish Yahweh from his servant David? Second, how do the unfaithful shepherds of Israel define the role of shepherd for this particular prophetic passage. And lastly, in what ways do the New Testament authors portray Jesus as this promised messianic shepherd king? Let's find out on this week's episode of the Biblical Unitarian Podcast. Our first point today is looking at Ezekiel's prophecy about the shepherd king. This will be reading a lengthy passage out of Ezekiel 34, And we're going to start in verse 1. And I'll comment on the verses as we move along. Ezekiel 34, verse 1. Then the word of Yahweh came to me, saying, Son of man, 
prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say to those shepherds, Thus says the Lord God, Woe, shepherds of Israel, who have been feeding themselves. Should not the shepherds feed the flock? So here we can see that Yahweh gives his prophetic word to Ezekiel, the spokesperson, the prophet. Ezekiel is called the son of man. This is not the messianic son of man, by the way. This is just a Hebrew term meaning mortal, means human person. The messianic son of man is one that comes out of Daniel. It's actually an Aramaic phrase. So this is not the same thing. But Ezekiel is told by God to prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. And these shepherds are the kings, the kings of the royal house. And these kings are not doing a good job. In fact, they are quite unfaithful. And we know who these kings are from history, the ones that have, because of their unfaithful actions, resulted in the Babylonian captivity. So these would be Jehoiakim and Zedekiah. God says that these shepherds have actually been feeding themselves instead of taking care of their flock. And so we can see that the first definition of shepherds here is belonging to these human kings. And this can be important as we move through the passage. Verse 3, you eat the fat and clothe yourselves with the wool. You slaughter the fat sheep without feeding the flock. Those who are sickly, you have not strengthened. The diseased, you have not healed. The broken, you have not bound up. The scattered, you have not brought back, nor have you sought for the lost. But with force and with severity, you have dominated them. They were scattered for lack of a shepherd, and they became food for every beast of the field and were scattered. So that's verses 3 through 5. We can see Ezekiel denouncing these shepherd kings for failing in their responsibilities. As they were given this responsibility to be the shepherd of God's flock, that is the king of God's people, they have failed in their responsibilities. And part of their failure involves the fact that they were feeding themselves. They were fattening themselves up instead of looking after the flock. And we can see that the flock has become prey to the wild beast of the field. Verse 6. My flock wandered through all the mountains and on every high hill. My flock was scattered over the surface of the earth, and there was no one to search or seek for them. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of Yahweh. As I live, declares the Lord God, surely because my flock has become a prey, my flock has even become food for all the beasts of the field for lack of a shepherd, and my shepherds did not search for my flock, but rather the shepherds fed themselves and did not feed my flock. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of Yahweh. Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am against the shepherds, and I will demand my sheep from them and make them cease from feeding sheep. So the shepherds 
will not feed themselves any more, but I will deliver my flock from their mouth so that they will not be food for them. So that's ending in verse 10. So Yahweh here is offering a prophetic oracle of judgment against these shepherds. These shepherds have again failed in their responsibility, but it's clear that Yahweh is looking for a particular shepherd that is going to be faithful. There is a lack of a shepherd, even though there are a variety of shepherd kings here. But because of their lack of faithfulness, they are losing their role. They are no longer qualified to serve in the function as the shepherd. In fact, God seems to take that role away and assume it himself. He is the one that's going to deliver his flock. He is the one that's going to function as the shepherd. And this is very interesting because it suggests that God is the primary shepherd. We already knew that from Psalm 23. Yahweh is my shepherd, says the Psalm of David. Even though David was the premier shepherd king, David is able to acknowledge that God is the true shepherd, indicating that David the king is only a shepherd by extension. He shares in the role that God primarily possesses. So here we could see much of the same. We could see that God seems to be the primary shepherd. He has allowed these kings to function as a shepherd, but they have responded with a lack of faithfulness in their responsibilities. And so God is taking that privilege away from them. And he's going to find another. He's going to find one who is going to be the shepherd over the people. Verse 11. For thus says the Lord God, Behold, I myself will search for my sheep and seek them out. Again, Yahweh is claiming the role of the shepherd. And of course, we're seeing here that the Lord God is a single person. I myself is a reference to an unambiguously single individual, not, of course, two or three persons. Verse 12. As a shepherd cares for his herd in the day when he is among his scattered sheep, so I will care for my sheep and will deliver them from all the places to which they were scattered on a cloudy and gloomy day. I will bring out from the peoples and gather them from the countries and bring them to their own land. And I will feed them on the mountains of Israel, by the streams, and in all the inhabited places of the land. God here again is indicating that he is functioning as the primary shepherd. He is going to do this. I, with the singular pronouns and the singular verbs, God himself, Yahweh himself, is the primary shepherd. Let's continue. Verse 14. I will feed them in a good pasture, and their grazing ground will be on the mountain heights of Israel. There they will lie down on good grazing ground and feed in rich pasture on the mountains of Israel. I will feed my flock and I will lead them to rest, declares the Lord God. I will seek the lost, bring back the scattered, bind up the broken and strengthen the sick, but the fat and the strong I will destroy. I will feed them with judgment. As for you, my flock, thus says the Lord God, behold, I will judge between one sheep and another between the rams and the male goats. 
Now there in verse 17, the reference to the rams and the male goats elsewhere in Ezekiel refers to human leaders, human kings. So like in Ezekiel 17.13 and 32.21, that reference there is another reference to human leaders. So when Yahweh says that he's going to judge between them, it's indicating that judgment is going to come upon those who are the human kings. Those who are fat and strong, verse 16 says, God is going to feed them with judgment. So we have the feeding metaphor of the shepherd and the king, but also we're learning that the king is also a king involved with judgment. That's going to be important as we look a little bit later in our podcast. Verse 18, is it too slight a thing that you should feed on good pasture, that you must tread down with your feet the rest of your pastures, or that you should drink of clear waters, that you must foul the rest with your feet? As for my flock, they must eat what you tread down with your feet and drink what you foul with your feet. Therefore, thus says the Lord God to them, Behold, I, even I, will judge between the fat sheep and the lean sheep, because you push with side and with shoulder and thrust all the weak with your horns until you have scattered them abroad. Therefore, I will deliver my flock, and they will no longer be a prey, and I will judge between one sheep and another. So again, we're seeing the judgment and the denunciation of these failed human rulers, particularly Jehoiakim and Zedekiah. And then we get this final passage, the important one in verse 23, which involves a strong messianic understanding. Verse 23 says, Then I will set over them one shepherd, my servant David, and he will feed them. He will feed them himself, and he will be their shepherd. That's Ezekiel 34, verses 1 through 23. And verse 23 is most fascinating, because what we can see here is that Yahweh says that he is going to set over his flock one shepherd. That shepherd is going to be likened unto David. It's going to be a king, a servant king, a shepherd servant king like David, indicating the new David, the Davidic Messiah. And what's interesting here is that all the things that God said that he was going to do in his role as the shepherd, those privileges and prerogatives are now being passed on to David. David is now the recipient and the bearer of God's divine prerogatives. God is the primary shepherd. God has shared that role of shepherd with others before this promised king. They have failed in their lack of faithfulness, and now God is going to give it to someone who's going to be faithful, someone who will actually feed the flock and be the shepherd. So this is God sharing his privileges and his prerogatives, his divine prerogatives, with a human being, namely with the descent of David, who is going to be a servant. Clearly these are distinguished persons. No one thinks that the servant, David, is Yahweh himself. In fact, the servant is called God's servant. And this is someone distinguished from God. Yahweh 
describes a servant as my servant David. My is a singular pronoun, indicating that Yahweh is a singular person. Now, what we're going to see in the New Testament is that Jesus is described as the shepherd, and in doing so, Jesus functions as this servant David shepherd that bears the privileges and the prerogatives of God in order to function as the shepherd king, in order to function as this Davidic Messiah. And also we're going to see that Jesus is also going to bear the responsibility of the judge. God as the shepherd is the one who's going to judge the flock, and Jesus the shepherd is the one who also bears that privilege and that prerogative. Now, just because we see Jesus doing things that God does, acts as the shepherd, calls Israel the flock, functions as the judge, this does not mean that we should conclude that Jesus is Yahweh. It means that Jesus is Yahweh's appointed agent. He is the human representative of Yahweh, correctly bearing God's privileges and prerogatives. Let's move to our second point. The use of Ezekiel's shepherd imagery in the New Testament. So there's a variety of passages we could look at. We can't look at all of them, but I wanted to kind of focus on some of the most noteworthy ones. So in Matthew chapter 9, verse 35, it says, Jesus was going through all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. Seeing the people... He felt compassion for them because they were distressed and dispirited like sheep without a shepherd. That's Matthew 9, 35 through 36. So we can see Jesus here announcing the kingdom of God. He's proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom. He's also demonstrating healing, restorative miracles of the kingdom, indicating that the reign and the rule of God that he's announcing through gospel is also being enacted and can be experienced through his miraculous works of healing. But also Jesus regards the people as sheep without a shepherd, indicating that Jesus sees himself as that shepherd, the shepherd of the people. So as we're looking at the imagery of the kingdom of God and the kingdom of God dawning and breaking into history, we can see Jesus assuming the role of the shepherd of the sheep. And this kingdom, of course, is the kingdom that was prophesied to David that would be occupied by David's descendant, according to 2 Samuel 7, verses 12 through 16. Who is the descendant of David, who is to rule in the kingdom and to occupy David's throne? Well, that, of course, is Jesus. So all the themes are present. We have the theme of the kingdom. It's David's kingdom and Jesus functioning as the shepherd over the sheep. This gets piled on and elaborated a bit more in Matthew 25. So Jesus says in Matthew 25, 31, When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate them from one another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. 
He'll put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. It's Matthew 25, 31 through 34. Here we can see Jesus describing himself as the son of man who is one day going to come back and he's going to occupy his throne. He's going to sit on his glorious throne. At that time, judgment is going to take place. All peoples, all nations will be gathered before this newly enthroned king. And this judgment is described as the separating of the sheep from the goats by a shepherd. So we can see here the king is described as a shepherd who not only is caring for the sheep and protecting them from the goats, but also he is functioning as the judge. And the Son of Man, who is also the shepherd, is described quite clearly having occupied the throne now as the king in verse 34. So in verse 31, he's the Son of Man. In verse 32 and 33, he is the shepherd tending for the flock and protecting them from the goats. And in verse 34, he is the king. All of these themes seem to be drawn from Ezekiel 34 toward the shepherd king like David is the one that's going to shepherd the flock and the one who's going to judge. And he's doing this because he bears the privileges and the prerogatives of Israel's God, the true shepherd. Now, right before Jesus dies, he announces to his disciples in Matthew 26, 31, you will all fall away because of me this night, for it is written, I will strike down the shepherd and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered. That's Matthew 26, 31. And this is a quotation from Zechariah chapter 13, where Yahweh indicates that someone other than him, another figure, a separate shepherd figure, is going to be struck down, and this indicates that the sheep of the flock are going to be scattered. In fact, in that passage that Jesus quotes from, it actually describes the shepherd figure as God's man, as the human being that belongs to God. The shepherd is a human being, a member of the human race. But here we can see that the shepherd is someone who is not an immortal figure, obviously. He's a descendant of David, meaning he's a human being. He's someone who is mortal. He's going to die, and the sheep are going to be scattered. And this is understood as a predictive prophecy about the death of Jesus' shepherd, that's also going to result in the scattering of the flock. Now, in John chapter 10, there is a long passage in which Jesus describes himself as not just the shepherd, but the good shepherd. And in describing himself as the good shepherd, he is contrasting other bad shepherds that have come before him. Let's look at this passage. John chapter 10, starting in verse 11, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who is not the owner of the sheep, sees a wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and not concerned about the sheep. I am the good shepherd, and I know my own, and my own know me. Even as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. 
I have other sheep which are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will hear my voice, and they will become one flock with one shepherd. For this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life so that I may take it up again. No one has taken it away from me, but I lay it down on my own initiative. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This commandment I received from the Father. It's John chapter 10, verses 11 through 18, where Jesus strongly emphasizes that he is the good shepherd. He's not just saying that I am the good shepherd. There is an additional first-person pronoun in the Greek with the added emphasis there. I am the good shepherd, stressing that he is in contrast to others who might be claiming the role as the shepherd. And Jesus claims to be the one shepherd who's going to have the one flock. Just as Ezekiel says that God is looking for the one faithful shepherd. And Jesus is also the one who, as the shepherd, who is true to his responsibilities, is going to care for the flock by laying down his life, by laying down himself, by laying down his soul, his whole self, his entire being is going to be laid down and is going to die so that the flock can be protected. And we can see Jesus indicating that this is something that he is able to do because he possesses the authority to do so. He has the authority and he indicates that this is the commandment that he has received from his father. And so that is extremely important. Jesus is saying here that he bears the authority as the privilege and the prerogative of Israel's God, whom he describes as the Father. So we've got Yahweh in the Old Testament, whom Jesus describes as his Father in the New Testament. And he can say this because he is the Son of God. So there we have Jesus being the shepherd, the protector of the flock, the one who cares for the sheep, and the one who bears the privileges and the prerogatives of Israel's God. He does those things not because he innately possesses them. He has them because he has received them from his Father. So there you have it. The Messiah in the New Testament is the shepherd who bears the privileges and the prerogatives of Israel's God, just as it was predicted hundreds of years earlier by the prophet Ezekiel in Ezekiel 34. And this indicates that Jesus is a descendant of David who functions in the sphere of God's privileges because Jesus has been authorized to act in them as the one who has been anointed by God. So thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. Join us next week as we look at the book of Daniel and the ways in which the Messiah was understood in light of Nebuchadnezzar's vision in Daniel chapter 2. You won't want to miss that episode. So please look forward to our next episode. If you enjoy our podcast, please consider supporting us as we promote the sound truths of the oneness and unity of God and the humanity of Jesus. You can support us for absolutely free by subscribing on YouTube and iTunes, by giving us an honest review, and by sharing your favorite episodes with your friends. If you'd like to offer a donation, please check out the episode description for a PayPal link. The Biblical Unitarian Podcast is produced and edited by Dustin Williams. I am Dustin Smith, your host. Until next time, please take care.